Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you on this extremely busy, again, news day? Hey, Mom! The meatloaf! The meatloaf! Mom! <laughs> the meatloaf! <laughs> Joe and I, you have no idea yeah. how much we laughed before the show. Hat tip to Ron P for sending that one over from Wedding Crashers. Well, what is she doing there? What is she doing back there? <laughs> the meatloaf. The meatloaf. Uh, play that again. We need one more just before you. Hey, Mom! The meatloaf! <laughs> What is she doing? What is she doing back there? All right. Uh, let's get right to it. Here's what we're going to cover today. All right. The uh, propaganda press conference yesterday where uh, the media decided they were going to try to propagandize America by fielding absolutely absurd, ridiculous questions to Kristen Nielsen, the DHS secretary, on this uh, illegal immigration, children separated at the border thing. What an outrage. That press conference was a joke. The media should be horrified at what happened. I also want to cover the hearing yesterday and how Dianne Feinstein did America a huge favor yesterday by proving that the Democrats are always lying, which they are. All right. Today's show brought to you by buddies at iTarget. Hey. Folks, having a firearm, uh, you have the responsibility to store it safely, but to learn how to use it. One of the best ways to learn how to use a firearm proficiently, God forbid you're involved in a self-defense scenario, um, is the iTarget Pro system. The website is itargetpro.com. What is the iTarget Pro system? Well, when I was a Secret Service agent and New York City police officer, one of the ways we would practice with a firearm is to safely unload it. You check it to make sure it's unloaded. Check it twice. Check it three times. You cannot screw that one up. And you would pull the trigger on a safely unloaded weapon, of course, always uh, pointing that weapon downrange in a safe direction. That would enable you to practice your trigger pull, your sight alignment, your sight picture. These are all critical components to proficiently operating uh, your firearm. Now, try firing. The problem with try firing is you have no idea where the round would have gone because it's empty. You safely unloaded it. Now, this system, the iTarget Pro system, will send you a laser round that you can drop in the firearm you have now. No manipulations necessary. You have a 9mm, 38, you have a 45 ACP, whatever it may be. They will send you a laser round and it comes with a target and you will see exactly what that group would have looked like, where those rounds would have gone. This is an amazing system. It's almost like a video game type system with the firearm you have now to take your skills to the next level. Go check this out. You will not regret it. It's available at itargetpro.com. That's I, the letter I, targetpro.com, itargetpro.com, promo code Dan for 10% off. The reviews on this product are fantastic. As I always say, my co-author on the book's husband does not want to put the system down. She's a little mad at me because of that. It is that great of a system. itargetpro.com, promo code Dan. Okay, uh, let's get right into it. Yesterday's press conference again, uh, just uh, uh, incredible in its uh, its in its stupidity. The media has gone uh, full propaganda mode. They are not telling you the truth on these unaccompanied minors. A lot of them that are coming across the border. One of the questions yesterday, Joe, was outrageous from a CNN, of course, you know, the fake news specialist at CNN. One of the questions was, "Is this child abuse?" And I, I'm not going to repeat yesterday's show. If you listen to yesterday's show, you'll understand that this is not a new policy. When you are arrested in the United States, Joe, you don't get to take your children, nor would you want to, to prison. Um, this is surprising to liberals who seem to have found this out for the first time yesterday. Now, this is the way gaslighting works. Liberals and their media buddies will tell you uh, uh, factually incorrect things. In other words, they will lie. They lie confidently. They lie collectively and in unison. And then they isolate people from the truth by es es essentially ostracizing anyone who dares to tell the truth. Mm -hmm. Gaslighting, folks, gaslighting is a strategy they've used forever. By keeping the truth silent and ostracizing people, oh, you guys are racist. How dare, what do you support? You support putting children in cages? Cages for children? Is that what you support? All of a sudden, everybody's like, maybe I should be quiet about this. Meanwhile, in your head, you know that that is not, in fact, the truth, that this is a policy that dates back to 1997, and that when you are arrested in the United States, common sense would dictate that you don't bring your children to prison. If you break U.S. immigration law and enter the country illegally, you will, in fact, find yourself in a detention facility, and you will not bring your children with you. 
This is that's how the law works. You don't like it. Congress has the power to change the law. Of course, they won't because, God forbid, they take on any kind of uh, legislative responsibility. They just want to blame Trump. And the media piles on. So CNN, uh, just a joker yesterday, asked Kristen Nielsen, the DHS secretary, if this is child abuse. Now, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on this because I did talk about it yesterday a lot. Folks, 10,000 of the 12,000 children who are in the United States illegally, that they're the subject of this media outrage campaign. And we should all be concerned about the care of children. That's not a, you know, that's not a political issue. Right. It's the politicizing of it that disgusts me by the media. 10,000, Joe, of the 12,000 came here alone. Ew. Wait, wait, what? Come again? So let me get this straight. You sent your kids here across a dangerous border run by coyotes and drug runners, narco traffickers, people trafficking in, in counterfeit money and drugs and contraband, where where rape and child abuse are common. You sent your kids alone across the border, 10000 to 12000 The United States is spending $35,000 per kid to care for them, and we're guilty of child abuse, and the media is not ashamed of themselves. No, of course not. Because this is media goonery, and this is what media the media folks do. Now, do not be silent. Do not be gaslit into like, oh, well, if I speak out, does that mean I, I can't stand children either? No, do not be gaslit. They are trying to isolate you from the truth. The truth is this is a longstanding government policy since 1997, and people who are arrested for breaking the law do not bring their kids to jail. This is common sense. Right. Everybody knows this. The media is simply lying to you. Now- you know, I'm going to cover this later on my NRA TV show, too. I had Dan Horowitz on yesterday discussing this topic. But you know what God, Godwin's law is? Godwin's law is has taken a, a foothold in this. Godwin's law was... Um, Godwin's law means the first person, uh, in essence, the first person to make a, a Nazi or Hitler reference typically loses the argument. Godwin's law is in full effect. Right. Okay. I will put a story in the show notes today, Joe, and Newsbusters, about 22 times MSNBC, CNN, and others have referenced Nazi concentration camp comparisons to us um, separating parents who've broken the law from their children, something that has happened, again, in every single criminal case, I think, in American history. I'm not sure of a parent who's been arrested for a crime who has voluntarily taken their kid to children, uh, their, ch- their child to prison with them. They've gone full Godwin, full Godwin. You have people who once were respected no more, like General Michael Hayden, uh, who once was a respected, relatively bipartisan guy who now tweeted a picture of uh, Auschwitz. Uh, Auschwitz, folks, let me just tell you something before we move on here. The, The reason you don't make just haphazardly Holocaust, Nazi, or slavery in the United States uh, references just haphazardly to every problem we have. Immigration, immigration at the border, detention, um, detention for parents, children being separated while their parents are detained. The reason we don't do that is these are uniquely horrific moments in human history. Slavery, the Holocaust, you don't do that. You only do it when you want to completely discredit yourself and completely discredit your argument. I encourage you to read that Newsbusters argument to see how insane people have gotten. This is the gaslighting, though. One person sees a Nazi reference, they jump on it. Then a CNN person, this is what the Nazis do. The Nazis, the Nazis, this is what the Nazis do. You don't do that. You don't compare the gassing of millions of innocent people to people crossing the border illegally, some who sent their kids by themselves, and us spending $35,000 a year to shelter them. Are the, uh, listen, are the facilities, you know, world, is this a, world class? Is this a seven-star hotel? No, it's not. But it certainly is an Auschwitz, you idiots. You've gone full Godwin, dopes. And one more thing on this. The, the Democrats, the radical left, the what has become now the anti-American radical left, has been wrong and the mainstream has been wrong on immigration repeatedly. Repeatedly. Joe, I, let me give you a little inside baseball, folks. Right. I've been a member for a long time of a lot of um, activist conservative groups and libertarian groups. And 
um, without you know giving up any secrets or anything. And I, I don't think any of these groups would object. I've been in a lot of meetings, and I don't say this in any way to to sound pretentious. Please don't take it the wrong way. But with a lot of influential people who have some sway, or as we'd say in Queens, some whack. <laughs> He's got some whack, some whack with with politicians and Republican lawmakers. Right. If I had a nickel for every time someone told me, man, if the Republicans show, if they don't loosen up on their stance on immigration, they're going to lose. If I had a nickel, I would be a quadrillionaire by now. Now, Joe, who is the first presidential candidate in a long time to take a relatively hardline stance on immigration? Are his initials DJT? Yes. Yes, they are. I know you had to think about that for a second. Yes, they're Donald J. Trump. Yeah. And I'm telling you, I've had people walk into these groups with polls, with focus group data. Oh, we're going to lose forever if we don't sit and we don't let open. We don't cave to the open borders left and we don't cave to the cheap labor left. And listen, I'm not a restrictionist on immigration. Don't mistake what I'm saying. I am in favor of controlled labor market sensitive immigration. For those of you listening to the show, you know that. That is not what the radical left and what the rhino right wants. They want open borders and cheap labor. The rhino right wants cheap labor. The left wants votes. They are wrong. Ladies and gentlemen, in countries that lean much farther left than we do in the United States, collectively speaking, which I hate to do, but just based on polls, countries in Europe, you are seeing a severe backlash to unmitigated migration to their countries from other countries where they cannot handle it. You're seeing it in Italy right now. You're just seeing a backlash in Germany. These are countries that lean much farther to the left than the United States does. Any of you are being told right now, oh, the polls, the polls, the polls show where this is child abuse of children. Donald Trump is going to lose. This is horrible. Republicans are going to lose. Yep, you're darn right, Joe. This is a load of horse manure. Folks, I'm not kidding. I have sat in these rooms and listened to people you would think were conservative argue repeatedly. That we need to we need to move to the left on this. We need, we're going to lose the Hispanic vote forever. When Ronald Reagan signed on to Simpson Mazzoli, Ronald Reagan, and we gave them amnesty in exchange for border control measures that never happened. The the successor to Ronald Reagan, George H. W. Bush, Joe, lost a percentage of the Hispanic vote. He didn't gain any. Eh. John McCain noted, you know. Uh, Immigration, basically, uh, you know, he's very soft on immigration, McCain. John McCain did not clean up on the Hispanic vote. I think he got 30%, which was right around where George H.W. got. This is a, they they are wrong. They have been wrong repeatedly. Americans want a sense of a, 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 a country with borders that controls access, that people have to obey the law like everyone else. Them repeatedly telling us and gaslighting us in the media that Americans are clamoring for some open border society and this is always going to be a winning issue, opening bo- opening border, um, open borders and un, uh, unfettered immigration are lying to you. The proof is in the pudding. They are not telling you the truth. You would have thought the election of Donald Trump would have been a small indicator of that. Yeah. Okay. Um, before we get to the hearing yesterday and Feinstein and Clapper, I have some cuts. Remind me, Joe, don't let me forget that because those are some good cuts you, you put together okay. there. Um, I've been getting a lot of questions. I've been super hesitant to bring this up, but I was getting a haircut yesterday. Um, <laughs> and uh, I was, and I'm in the chair and my, you know, I'm talking to my buddy Robert and uh, I'm thinking, all right, it's time I had this conversation. I get a lot of emails, a lot about this question. And I don't like, I just, I just said, I don't like collective stereotyping. There's nothing more damaging or pernicious to human beings than attaching yourself to collective identity and whatever that collective identity is, race, religion. I mean, more destruction has been done, Joe, throughout human history by stereotyping groups of people, whether, uh, uh, whether they're by skin color, by religion, People should be judged individually. This is a this is should be tautological, but it isn't to a lot of people on the left. Having said that, that's why I'm hesitant to do that because I don't like to speak about groups of people. I talk about individuals, but the question that's come up repeatedly is the FBI, Dan. I don't get it. You know, they're they're, they're cops, basically, right? They are. I mean, they are mm-hmm. law enforcement. They're cops. Yeah. Why are they so liberal? Like that doesn't. Which. <sighs> That's a good question. It is a good question. Like, yeah. Joe, you and I know a lot of cops, right? Bingo, and, yeah. And what would we, I mean, you'd say 
90% of them are, are yeah. relatively conservative, if not yeah. strongly conservative, because yeah. they've seen the failures. I mean, I worked in the 7-5 precinct in East New York, Brooklyn, when I was a mm-hmm. police officer, which was one of the worst police precincts in the country. Uh, it, it The crime rates there were devastating, gang problems, poverty. The precinct was, I don't know, 15, 20% black police officers, probably another 15, 20% Hispanic, um, then the rest white, Asian Whatever it may be. Joe, the precinct was 99% conservative, regardless of race. Because Mm. the cops there on the ground saw the inner city decimation of far left New York City policies and what it did to families. I'm telling you, I'd have the conversations uh, when we would go to meal. What everyone else would call you like your lunch hour. They call it meal because it happens if you're on a midnight shift, your your meal is like at 3 o'clock in the morning. But you'd sit in a lounge. They had a lounge upstairs. That was your break. And we would talk. And I'm telling you, I never ran into a liberal cop. I just didn't in New York. I'm sure there are some. I don't know any of them. But the question I keep getting is the FBI with this anti-Trump, not just anti-Trump, but viciously, vitriolically anti-Trump, pro-Hillary. I don't get it, Dan. Why is it that the FBI seems to be the outlier? That they had so many people within the FBI and at the management position who were so far left when other policed entities aren't. Let me explain. From someone who has gone through the application process for the FBI, DEA, I I forget where else I applied, ATF, Marshals. You you know, I do what they call the shotgun approach. When I was a young man and was trying to get into federal law enforcement for the NYPD, you throw your application in everywhere and you interview with a lot of different people. And I was very impressed by the Secret Service. That's how I wound up over there. But I, I do know many FBI agents and I do know their recruiting process and I do know how they work. The Secret Service is. If I may throw out a number, I would say 85, 90% conservative. Uh, now, I'm not I'm not suggesting that this affected, and I'll get to that in a second, this affected any of their decisions. I'm just telling you the politics of the people I know in the Secret Service are largely conservative. All right. The FBI agents I ran into, I would say it's about 60% conservative or Republican leaning. Yeah, it's about 40% liberal or moderate Democrat. I mean, again, this isn't a scientific survey, and henceforth, that's why I'm 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 hesitant to do this. But it's an important. You need to understand this. Here's why that is. Yeah, please. The FBI, when they recruit folks, they look for people who have very specific skills. There are different recruitment um, buckets they use, and the buckets they use are accounting, engineering, um, foreign languages. They they recruit based on skills that are largely white collar accounting they hire lawyers they have like a legal track um again foreign languages you get a lot of people uh with backgrounds that are not uh either native to the united states or their parents aren't the fbi focuses strongly on that white collar approach and this is for i'm not knocking the approach i'm telling you it's for a very specific reason the fbi does a lot of white collar crime and when you're looking at quarterly filings by publicly traded companies when you're looking at like an enron type case it's important to be able to read corporate filings internal business records and understand what you're looking at. it's not an easy skill right so the fbi will recruit a lot of accountants and a lot of lawyers as well a lot of lawyers for obvious reasons they understand the the um the mechanics of the of the legal system a lot of the other law enforcement agencies, as a matter of fact, most of them that I dealt with, whether it was the NYPD or at the federal level where the uh, recruitment standards are, are a little higher. It's not a knock on the NYPD. It's just a fact. Um, mm-hmm. The recruitment standards and what you need to get into federal law enforcement are higher than it is to get into a police department. Most of them. The Secret Service and the other entities I was involved with, ATF and DEA and others where I had applied in the marshals, they don't do that, Joe. They do, a, a, I don't want to call it a general application pool, but that's really what it is. And they look for a lot of people who, who may not be accountants, but may have been street cops. The bottom line is the, others, the other entities get cops and blue collar folks, mm-hmm. whereas the FBI in, in large and in mass here gets more white collar people. So with the Secret Service and others, you get military, you get cops. I, that's probably, gosh, I don't know, 50% of the recruiting pool, if not more. I know I was an instructor in the academy. If you, if you the, the student classes in the Secret Service are 24 per class, if you'd say, hey, raise your hand if you were a cop, 12 people raise their hand. Now raise <laughs> your hand if you were in the military, you'd get another five. 
almost nobody. We had we had a couple. We had a doctor once. You get a couple of accountants and school teachers. One guy I'm still friends with um, was a financial advisor. That's rare. So with these other DEA, Secret Service, ATF, you get the cops. With the FBI, you get the white collar guys. Why does this create this liberal leaning and why did this create such a problem? Here's my experience, folks, and take this to the bank. Cops, and I'd love your feedback if you're a cop or federal agent, but cops that tend to go into Secret Service, DEA, and elsewhere, they see the world very objectively in black or white terms. Cops see the world as lawbreakers and non-lawbreakers. They just do. They don't I, I've never heard a cop or a Secret Service agent on a protection mission, on a federal investigation I was involved in, and never, ever ask someone or ask me about their politics or why it wouldn't ever. I've never heard anything like it. Like my, the, the agents I worked with on the Barack Obama detail, who clearly recognized this guy was a, a radical leftist of the worst kind. I'm telling you, Joe, and I'm telling my audience, I respect you. I would never lie to you. I never one time, I mean, people would talk politics all the time, but never one time heard someone directly, directly go after Obama, like critically on a mission because they didn't want other agents to be under the impression that they were going to do a bad job ever. There you go. All right. I'm telling you, I, 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 I would never spin your wheels. I never, ever heard that. Like, oh, man, this guy, what a a leftist. I'm embarrassed to be here. I've never heard that because cops, most of them were cops or military. They see the world in black or white terms. I don't mean that in any offensive way. They see it as lawbreakers or not. Our job is to lock up the bad guys. If you're a bad guy who's a Republican, we'll lock you up. You're a bad guy who's a Democrat. We'll lock you up. You're a president who's a Democrat. We'll protect you. You're a president who's a Republican. We'll protect you. I never, ever heard anything different. Now, my experience with some of the bureau guys has been a little bit different. They're white collar guys. They don't they haven't been brought up in a culture of law enforcement to see people as good guys versus bad guys. They view things very subjectively. They see people as good or bad, but in their calculus, they make subjective judgments like good, but, but you know what? Good, but their politics are bad. So maybe they're not really good. Like you can almost see it in the Trump texts and in the, uh, in the texts, like, Hey, listen, man, you know, maybe we'll go in and interview Hillary Clinton. And, 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 uh, you know, the one guy says at the end, well, Viva La Rosa Stones about, uh, about Trump and Hey, she's going to be the next president. In other words, they let their politics make a subjective judgment about who was good or bad, and they didn't see it as Hillary Clinton lawbreaker or not. Right. The cops, I, my, I, this is from a, in my young life, a time of over a decade in law enforcement, cops don't see it that way. Cops, real cops go in there and they don't care about the politics. They're assigned a job. Go figure out if this person broke the law. Yes or no. Thank you. End the story. When you get a lot of these more white-collar types, I'm not knocking the Bureau. I'm just saying because the Bureau is the overwhelming majority of them that I work with. They're solid people. But you get kind of as they go up the managerial chain, you get people who use subjective interpretations as to how they should conduct themselves in a professional environment. Observations that should be entirely objective, like cops do. Good guy, bad guy. What the, what the FBI guys do is good guy, but let's factor in the politics. Well, he's not really good, Trump. Bad guy. Well, she's not really bad because I agree with her politics. That's not how cops see it. And I believe it's 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 almost exclusively based on the fact that they hire a lot of white collar people. It's not a knock on that. I'm just saying they right. haven't been in the law enforcement military culture long enough. The military five paragraph order culture. Here's your job. Put together a five paragraph order. Go get it done. We're not interested in the politics. Follow the orders. Police officers are the same way. Go out on the street. There's a kidnapping. Go investigate it. Well, are they Republican or Democrat? What? You're fired. Get out of here. <laughs> Nobody does that. It is the FBI's hiring practices, I believe, that created this culture at the top of people 
looking to surgically attach their lips to the butt of political apparatchiks to get mm. themselves ingratiated for promotion later on because they said, well, you know, Hillary, she may have committed a crime, but she's not so bad. Her politics are pretty good. And, oh, Trump is awful. So we're really doing the right thing. That is a subjective measure of what the right thing is. The cops don't see it that way. They see it as, did you break the law or not? If you did, I'm going to put together a case and I'm going to lock you up. Does that make sense? I think this is one of the more important things I've done in a while. Yeah, and um, that was a great question, and I've never really thought about it. I didn't, in fact, I mean, I wouldn't normally think of the answers you gave, but yeah. You, yeah you, sounds, Joe, you look at the cool, DEA. Actually. Look at the DEA and the Secret Service's recruiting. They yeah. go out and they grab military officers. They grab cops. I'm, I'm telling you, with the FBI, yeah. you don't see that. You see them recruiting lawyers and accountants and and and, and people who've grown up in, in in different white collar type environments, which is which is fine for for some subject matter expertise. But I think the FBI needs to strongly consider, you know, maybe it's time to get back to the old kind of shoe leather bank robbery FBI agents who were on the ground and you know were cops first. And it, I don't know, it's just my humble opinion. They may need to start to diversify their workforce away from this strict focus on white collar. Because, yes, they do need some expertise in these matters, but I really do believe it contributes to a lack of ideological diversity which in the ma- within the management of the Bureau later on. I think it's a real problem. I, I appreciate that, Dan. Yeah, I yeah, do. Thanks. Yeah, well, yeah it, it, I've been hesitant to do it because yeah, I, I, I can sense, on. you know, I don't want these FBI guys to think I'm taking a shot at them. Certain, folks, I'm not, and I'm not at all taking a shot at, at education and bettering yourself and, and learning the mechanics of quarterly filings and business statements. I was, I'm an, I'm an <laughs> MBA graduate. I went to Penn State. I got my, that's what I focused on finance and supply chains. You know, I, I did a graduate degree in, in neuropsychology, better yourself, of course, but I believe me being a cop first, Joe, the most invaluable experiences I learned in law enforcement were, were as a, a rookie foot post police officer on Sutter Avenue in the seven, five precinct at two o'clock in the morning. Learning the hard knocks <laughs> rules. Really? You yeah. learn to see the world a totally different way. And you, think, yeah, and you know the emails are coming, Dano. You know oh, it's yeah, it don't matter. I know. I know. But it's okay. I mean, I never right. duck the stuff on the show. So cool. that's what we do here. All right. Uh today's show. Now I gotta get the fine stunning clapper. But today's show also brought to you by our buddies at Brick House Nutrition. I uh, took two days off from the gym, a little uh, hurting a little bit. I may have to go do stem cells again. <laughs> my elbows are falling apart. But one of the things that's helping me get through this rough cycle uh, when my arthritis acts up is uh, is is uh, foundation, which is one of the best products out there. BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan is the website. They will sell you foundation, of course, because that's what they do. And it is a great product. It is a creatine ATP blend, which in essence gives you two extra gas tanks in the gym. Now, if you don't believe this stuff works, I'm going to add another test. I always say try the mirror test, right? Try foundation. Give it about seven days to load in your system. It's a creatine ATP blend. Look at yourself in the mirror. Take a mental snapshot. And then seven days later, go back. You're going to be like, whoa. This stuff is the real McCoy. It is awesome. But I'm gonna, I want you to try another test. Pick one exercise, any exercise, doesn't matter, squat, deadlift, bench press, pull-ups, whatever, you know, curls, I don't really care. Take a note in your workout log or just t- send yourself an email. On Monday, whatever, I did 55 pounds for curls uh, for 12 reps. Then seven days later, go back and try that again. After loading up on foundation, you watch how your performance goes through the roof. This stuff is the real deal. I love it. It always helps me get through super tough workouts. It's called foundation. It's available at brickhousenutrition.com slash Dan. That's brickhousenutrition.com slash Dan. Email me your reviews. I'm that confident. That's why I put that email on the website. I enjoy your feedback, um, even when it's negative. Some guy yesterday said I repeat myself too much. He's like, and I'm sure I'm not the only one. Well, he was the only one saying that, but uh, I'm sorry. I want to make sure that I hammer the point home. It's the criminal investigator in me, you know? Yeah. I got to make sure like you you get the facts, and I get it. But uh, it's important for me to understand it. But brickhousenutrition.com slash Dan. Brickhousenutrition.com slash Dan. Go try out Foundation. You will not be disappointed. Okay. Um, Noted far left Democrat, a senator from California, Dianne Feinstein, who also of note her staffer, Dan Jones, uh, has admitted being involved intimately with Fusion GPS and the conspiracy to generate fake information on Donald Trump uh, through Fusion GPS and Christopher Steele. Matter of fact, uh, her uh, staffer, Dan Jones, uh, according to congressional documents, is still involved with the effort to confirm uh, the fake dossier on Trump. 
So Feinstein has an interest in making sure that a lot of these Democrat gaslighting efforts, that Trump is a Russian colluder and that Hillary, in fact, did nothing wrong. Feinstein has a vested interest in protecting herself and her staff. So at this testimony yesterday up on the Hill, where Inspector General Michael Horowitz and FBI Director Christopher Wray went up there, it was interesting what Dianne Feinstein did. Before we play Feinstein, though, I want to play, I want to go back. Feinstein inadvertently confirmed something we've been saying for a long time, whether she knows it or not. The new narrative, there have been multiple gaslighting narratives, but the new narrative from the hack liberal and media establishment after Spygate broke, after we found out that a spy was in fact coached and, and used by the FBI to infiltrate the Trump team. Once that story broke, Joe, we covered it here. The Democrats attempted their their new narrative was to run from it and say, well, we weren't spying on the Trump team. That just was not about the Trump team. You remember this, folks? This was about the Russians, not about the Trump team at all. Matter of fact, even Trey Gowdy had said it. Republican, ah, they weren't investigating the Trump team. I had said to you that that's that's hysterical, that's laughable, that the Democrats now are so embarrassed and horrified that they have been caught cold spying on the Trump team through their Messiah, Obama. It was his administration that did it, that they were going to create a new narrative. And that new narrative was nothing to see here, folks. Nothing to see here. Ma! The meatloaf, nothing to see, they, right? Nothing to see here. That they had, they, they, this, it, it never happened. The Trump investigation never happened. This was about the Russians the whole time. If you doubt me, I want to play a quick, pay attention, it's quick, but this was, uh, uh, this was Jim Clapper, the former, Obama's former director of national intelligence, talking to Jake Tapper, I don't know, what, a month ago when the story broke? This is him saying, no, no, this wasn't about the Trump team at all. We weren't, this was about the Russians. And it had nothing to do with spying on the campaign per se. It was about the Russians, which is what we should, <laughs> we should all be concerned about to include President Trump. Wait, one more time. Play it again. And it had nothing to do with spying on the campaign per se. It was about the Russians, which is what we should we should all be concerned about to include President Trump. Yeah, the, again, do you see why I wake up every single morning? I, I can't repeat this enough. Furious at how stupid people are for listening to liberals. The entire time for two years, we've been told that the Trump team was colluding with the Russians and there's this major investigation and Trump's going down. We're going to get Trump. The minute we find out Obama's administration, in fact, spied on the Trump team, they just run away from it and nobody in the media questions it. Nobody. What happened? What happened? No, what happened? Like, no, Joe, Jeez. the whole story for two years. <laughs> the Trump team. We've been spying on the Trump yeah. team. We're after the Trump team. We got him, Joe. We got him. <laughs> Bombshell. Trump team. Yeah. We got them this explosive new revelations. Trump team's going down. <sighs> All of a sudden, the spy gets busted and then they just... they. It, it it's remarkable. I almost like I say this in a. I'm not even kidding. I'm almost in awe of the stupid that how people are so dumb and how media people that want to claim they want to salvage their reputations as fair and unbiased journalists just change on a dime. It's not about the Trump team. We never. It's all now. It's all about the Russians. Now to show you how dumb, how how you're. I mean, your IQ has to be in the low 60s to have believed that stupid story. Here's Diane Feinstein either forgetting that their new narrative is it's not about the Trump team, it was about the Russians. Either forgetting it or just, Joe, doing what Democrats always do and pretending that the old narrative didn't happen and now going back to the old, no, the new old narrative. The new old narrative is, no, no, now it's about the Trump team again because people have forgotten about the spy. Play Diane Feinstein. In addition to investigating Hillary Clinton's use of a private email server, the FBI was actively investigating whether the Trump campaign was coordinating <laughs> with Russian officials to influence the election. It revealed the existence of the Clinton investigation to the public. It kept the existence of the Trump campaign investigation secret. I thought they weren't investigating the Trump. Ew. Oh my gosh! I I I, I don't. Hey, uh. The meatloaf. <laughs> <laughs> what is she doing? What is she doing back there? What is Diane Feinstein doing? Did she? Is this the new old narrative? The old new narrative or the? 
Is the media even remotely concerned about the cognitive dissonance going on here? Even a little bit? Wait, guys, I'm playing for you Democrats that no Republican spoke in either of those those Sots show had. None. No Republican was that is Jim Clapper, Obama's director of national intelligence. Not about the Trump team. We were not we we're not investigating the Trump team. I'm waiting for Obama to come out with a statement. And then Diane Feinstein saying, Well, the Trump team investigation, how come that wasn't leaked to the media? Which, by the way, I'm gonna get to in a second, is an absolutely false claim. That are, are you at all confused? Are you are you embarrassed at all? What is she doing? What is she doing? I don't know. That, that goes for the media too. What are you doing back? Where's your meatloaf? Media! The meatloaf! The meatloaf! Where's the meatloaf? Are you guys sitting in newsrooms at all embarrassed? Like, hey, guys, wait, wait, wait. I was at that hearing yesterday, and Feinstein questioned the FBI director about the Trump team investigation that we just told the public last week was not about the Trump team. It was about the Russians. Is anybody even curious? Oh, man. And, and it's funny, liberals listen to this, and, and they knock our show like yeah. we're nuts. Like, we're crazy. They do all the time. Like, we're crazy. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Like I was thinking like that goofball at Media and I can never remember his name. He always writes these stories about how crazy the show is. He, but he never <laughs> refutes anything we say. Ever. It's crazy. And I always respond back. What part? What part? That, crickets. <laughs> crickets. Nothing. He never responds. Because they don't either they don't know the case or they do and they want to lie and they want to continue to lie. So the only defense is you guys are all crazy. We are what part of us is crazy? Um all of it. It's all just crazy. You're all just meatloaf. Where's the meatloaf? Oh, by man. the way, try the meatloaf. It's pretty good. The meatloaf <laughs> is fantastic. So now here, there's a cut. <laughs> uh. Shows off the rails as always. Um, so if number one about the Feinstein piece, she confirms the investigation was in fact into the Trump team after the Democrats have claimed now for the last month. It wasn't because the, the spy was discovered and the Democrats don't like the fact that they are the party of the police state now. They don't like it. Um, they don't. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm getting it from, uh, let's just say, email groups I watch and Twitter accounts I watch. The Democrats don't like the fact that they are now the party of the police state. They are supposed to be the party of the little guy fighting Joe the man. They're fighting the yeah. man. The Democrats are the man. They've always been the man, dreaded air quotes. And they don't like it now that the public knows it. They don't like it that they were the administration that spied on the political opposition using third world police state tactics. So they ran from it. But Feinstein now has confirmed that. She made another claim in that. And uh, we I didn't get the audio from it because I want to keep the show flowing along. But there's a great article in my show notes today by The Federalist. I encourage you to uh, to check it out. It is uh, it's a great piece. Um, it's it, it discusses Diane Feinstein's claim that the Trump team investigation which they previously said didn't exist the trump team investigation was not leaked to the media while hillary's team was this is be be very careful here what they're doing this joe is the new old new old new narrative i i get lost as to how many different narratives liberals have had about this investigation we didn't investigate him we did the new narrative here, I have this in big letters, is going to be, and this is what they're setting up, and this is why Feinstein is doing this. They realize now that Jim Comey is not a credible witness anymore. By the way, another article in the show notes today, breaking news about Comey. He's under investigation, too, for his leaks to the media, which we found out yesterday. Stunning. I'll get to that in a second. That's an article on that in the show notes. Comey, the Democrats now realize, is an entirely not credible witness. The Democrats were hell-bent on using Comey as a witness in an impeachment trial. In that impeachment trial, Comey was going to be Exhibit 1. Jim Comey, why were you fired? I was fired because Trump was trying to stop the Russia investigation. Comey now is a not-credible witness because he had his own private email account, as I said yesterday, while investigating Hillary. Uh, Comey leaked classified information. There's now an investigation. Mr. Comey, is it true you're under investigation by the uh, IG? Oh, yes, it is. Okay, thank you. Case closed. Comey is not a credible witness. The Democrats' impeachment case is now falling apart because Comey was there. He was the Rosetta Stone. He was the key to the whole thing, to deciphering the whole case. He's not credible. So now the Democrats are deciding to shift the narrative again. Don't doubt me, hat tip Rush Limbaugh. Don't doubt me for a second. They are going to turn on Comey right now. 
the pivot has already begun. And now the new old, new old narrative is going to be Comey sucks. And Comey handed the election to Donald Trump while at the same time hurting Hillary. Joseph Armacost, bank on it. Cash that check, daddy This is going to be the new, new, new narrative. New old, new, whatever it may be. Comey stinks again. Remember, they loved Comey. They hated Comey. They loved Comey. They hated Comey, right? Uh, they, they loved him when he exonerated Hillary. They hated him when he reopened the case. They loved him when he scrapped the case again. They are they have this uh, you know this bipolar relationship with Jim Comey. The new narrative is going to be he stinks that Jim Comey helped Donald Trump get elected and hurt Hillary. And here is what the narrative is going to be. They're going to lie because this is what Democrats do. They are liars. They always lie. Liberalism is a lie. It's a fraud. There are liars in the media that back these liars up. The narrative is going to be that Jim Comey hid the Trump investigation and leaked or publicly spoke about the Hillary investigation. And the fact that there were no leaks about the Trump investigation, follow me here, folks, but there were leaks about the Hillary investigation proves that Jim Comey was looking to hand the investigation to Donald Trump. Folks, that is, it is so stupid yeah. that I feel like I've, you have fish oil. I feel like I've done you a disservice because I've cost you probably a couple billion neurons just by saying that. Now, that narrative, Joe, centers on the leaks. So the Dem narrative, they leaked about Hillary to damage her in the press. Comey's FBI, they did not leak about Trump. Well, if you read the piece in The Federalist and you're a regular listener to the show, that, of course, is laughable. The leaks about the Trump campaign are out there for any of you to see. Here we go. Look it up yourself. Yahoo News, September 23rd, 2016. For you liberals listening, that is before the election. The election happened in November. Yahoo News, Michael Isikoff. Yes, the same guy working with Alexandra Chalupa on the Paul Manafort Inside Baseball DNC case. Michael Isikoff, September 23rd, writes a piece about Carter Page and his supposed back channel to the Russians. Where do you think Isikoff got that information from? Who was working on the case? The FBI. So Feinstein, who says, hey, we're no leaks about the Trump team, but you leaked about the Hillary team because you just wanted to hurt us and hand the election to Trump. Nonsense. It's just factually incorrect. Okay. New York Times, Joe, October 31st, another leak about the existence of the investigation into the Trump team that they said wasn't an investigation into the Trump team is an investigation into the Russians. Look it up. New York Times, October 31st, 2016. Just put Trump Russia in the search bar. You will see it right there. Show that to your liberal friends, because I'm telling you, you heard it here first. This will be just watch the cable news talking heads, Joseph. This will be the new line of attack. It was Comey. They're going to turn on Comey. They already have. Comey leaked about Hillary. Did the public press conference on Hillary to damage Hillary, but they did not leak about the Trump team, which is just not true. Look up the articles yourself. All right. One more uh, Feinstein gem, uh, which is so stupid. Again, I, 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 you need some neuroprotective <laughs> compound prior to hearing this because you will be dumber after you hear this. She goes on after that to say, and the Republicans are now damaging the investigation because they leaked the name of Stefan Halper, basically the spy, to the press. Oh my gosh! Now, Joe, we've addressed it. We've addressed this before, but it, it, yeah, Paula, Paula the meat. <laughs> can you put some? I know well, you know me, but I get something in my head. I can't let it go. I, I need some B twelve or something to protect the brain cells. This is the dumbest comment I've ever heard, yeah. Joe. I'm going to ask you a question I asked you a few weeks no. ago. Joe is not an experienced CI uh, operative. He is not a federal law enforcement official, so he has no special expertise That's in right. this. But he is a great executive producer. Do you think, Joe, that if the FBI were to employ a spy to intersect with the Trump team and reach out to the mm-hmm. Trump team and to send them emails, do you think later on that those emails may, in fact, get leaked to the public? you think that's possible? Well, I think that's a possibility. Of course it is. If you're going to send a spy in to email completely randomly, by the way, members of the opposition political party, you can generally assume later on that more people outside of the political establishment than just the people investigating you are going to know about you because you're emailing people. 
Halper's case was discovered because he emailed Papadopoulos, who had the emails, and Chuck Ross at the Daily Caller did some investigative work and got to the bottom of it. Feinstein blaming the Republicans for that is absurd. Joe, pro tip. If you don't want to be discovered for spying on your political opposition, you may not want to employ a spy with the FBI and have him email your political opposition. I'm not saying, I'm just saying. Thanks for the tip, man. Yeah, I I know that's a tough one. (laughs) I I know that's tough to digest. Oh, man. All right. I got got a lot of stuff to get to. Really. I got some great stories for you today. That's why I love my show. Today's show also brought to you by buddies of Filter By. Filter by, filter by. I don't want to assume too much, but I suspect you've had enough. You've got enough bills to pay already. I know I do. I don't need any more. You don't either. But that might be what you're headed for if you don't trust me on this one. According to the Department of Energy, the most expensive utility for most Americans is their electricity bill, making up roughly 9% of their annual housing expenditure. Ouch. This number is aggravated depending on where you live, especially Florida, Texas, places that are really hot. Louisiana, your electric bill in the summer goes through the roof. Adding insult to injury, this allergy season has been one of the worst, further straining your HVAC system and your lungs. You can help lower this bill by making sure your system is running smoothly with a new set of filters from my friends at FilterBuy, America's leading provider of HVAC filters for both homes, it's important, and small businesses. You got one filter, you got 100 filters, they'll help you out. They carry over 600 different filter sizes. And if you're one of those people with a difficult system, they can make custom filters just for you. Plus, they ship free within 24 hours. And if that isn't enough, they're manufactured right here in America. So there's no excuse. Set up auto delivery. Just makes life easier. Plus, you save 5%. Additionally, you extend the life of your HVAC system. It's getting hotter outside. The last thing you need is a busted HVAC system on top of the horrendous allergies. Save time. Save money. Breathe better with FilterBuy.com. I know I do. That's FilterBuy.com. 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 Tell them D-Bizzle. <laughs> Dan Bongino. <laughs> FilterBuy.com. Off the rails today, yeah, Joe. Well. Off the rails. Okay. Uh, important story at the show notes from CNBC.com. Um, they say, you know, I got to tell you, their their website is actually not. Uh, I know it's NBC, mm-hmm. their their parent company, everything, but their website is not left leaning uh, uh, on the economic front. Oh, I, I pull some gems from there. I mean, I'm just being honest with you. So there's a good article in the show notes there from CNBC about the dangers of our national debt. It's really short, but I encourage you to read it, um, folks. Our, our national debt is obviously a catastrophic problem. Uh, Nineteen twenty trillion dollars in debt, depending on the calculation. 14 trillion in outstanding public debt when you factor out intragovernmental holdings. Um, so what's the problem? Obviously that you know that's an old there's nothing new. What's the news story? Folks, uh, foreign governments are cutting back, uh, I don't want to say significantly, but are cutting back their holdings of US Treasury debt. This is a real problem. Why? Uh, the foreign governments, this is from the report there, reduced their total by nearly $10 billion in March and April. It's a little less than 1%. So it's not, you know, it's not a dramatic, hey, they cut their holdings by 50%. Russia did. Russia cut their holdings by 50%. But other countries are paring back their purchases of U.S. debt as well. Why is this a problem? This is a real problem. Let me give you some numbers first. Foreign governments, out of our publicly held debt, in other words, the $14 trillion publicly held the rest of the debt is intragovernmental holdings. In other words, what the government, U.S. government owes to itself. Okay. What they borrow from the Social Security Fund mm-hmm. and then they have to pay back from the general fund. But $14 trillion of that is owed to other people, owed to the public, not to the government, I guess is the best way to say it. Yeah. $6 trillion of that $14 trillion is owed to foreign governments, folks. That's a significant amount of money. The Federal Reserve stopped purchasing government debt in October of 2016. In other words, our own central bank. What, the, what we owe ourselves, stop purchasing this debt in 2016. This is important in a second. This is unbelievable, this number. So far in 2018, take a step. This is amazing. This number is will floor you. This will kneecap you here. How much do you think we have paid in interest, interest on the debt, just interest payments alone in 2018? So far, we're not even done with the year. $319 billion. The entire budget for the state of Florida is about $90 billion. That is a staggering number. We are in a catastrophic debt crisis. Now, 
getting back to the, the, the core of the story, which is that foreign governments are saying, ah, well, Russia said we're, which Russia said we're not buying, we're cutting our stuff in half. But other governments, Japan, China as well, saying we're not going to buy as much debt. In other words, we're not going to loan you guys money. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm as pro-America as it gets, obviously. But right now, the rhino Republicans and Democrats are spending so much money that if we run out of buyers, there's going to be a real problem for the, if we run out of buyers for the debt, we're running into a real problem. What's the problem? Obviously, number one, the problem for the rhinos and the big government Democrats, not for me, Joe, but for them, is going to be how do you finance government spending if no one's going to lend you money? There are two options, right? Option number one is you can borrow the money. If we're spending, uh, you know, a trillion dollars more than we're bringing in in tax revenue, you only have two. There's no third option. Okay, option one is you can borrow the money. Option number two is you can print the money with the central bank, which would induce mass inflation. There is no third option. So if foreign governments stop lending us money, we are going to have a real problem real quick because we don't have it. We're spending a trillion dollars more than we bring in roughly, which is a problem for big government Democrats and Republicans, not for me. Second, ladies and gentlemen, interest rates eventually are going to go through the roof. I've explained this problem to you over and over. This is how it directly impacts you, this story. Do not dismiss this. If foreign governments in mass start saying, hey, man, listen, we're, we're, they're always going to lend us a little bit of money, but we're, we're done. We're done for now. We're going to cut it in half by 20, 25%. We somehow, this government is going to have to bring in money at a minimum to even finance the debt we have now. I just told you what the interest payment was this year. It's $319 billion alone. We can't default. How do you attract lenders? Think about it. If you had money, right? And, and uh, oh, excuse me, if you needed money, so you're the Armacost household, right? You want to you wanna finance uh, your lifestyle, but you don't have the money. Mm. Joe wants to spend 100000 but he only has 50000 income. Mm. How do you attract people, to the lenders, to give you money? Well, you attract them via a return, an interest rate. Pretty simple. The problem is if some of these foreign governments stop lending us money at current interest rates, we're going to have to say, well, how about 4%? Mm-hmm. How about 5%? How about 6%? How about 10%? Those interest rates start to go up, folks. They filter through the economy through indexing, meaning what you're paying for a house now at 4% or a car loan at, say, 8% or whatever it may be, those interest rates are going to go up as interest rates throughout the economy go up as foreign governments stop lending us money because they're like, hey, it's not worth the risk anymore. The way we compensate them for risk is we increase the interest rate which will filter through the economy and have a direct impact on you. On your business loan, on your car loan, on your mortgage, this stuff is very real. On your bond holdings, as interest rates go up, your bond holdings now at lower interest rates, the value of them go down. No one wants to buy your crappy bonds at 4% if they can get 10% elsewhere. Guys, ladies, this is real. I know sometimes we see the government's problems as esoteric and otherworldly and not impacting our pocketbooks. Mm -hmm. These are your problems. We, right now, sadly, need foreign governments to finance our government. This is pathetic what they're doing to us. If interest rates go up, this is going to have a deep and dramatic impact on your life. And for those of you listening who've never experienced I have. I mean, I was young when it happened. Joe was a little older than me. Mm. But Joe, you remember the 1980s mortgage rates? 15%. Yeah. I think the highest was 18.6. Guys, ladies out there in your 30s and younger who are used to mortgage rates in the threes, in the fours, Mm. who saw this as normal. I lived through the 80s. So did Joe. When my aunt got a mortgage, I think it was at like 14%. 14%? Do you know what your monthly mortgage payment would be? It'd be all interest for, for, (laughs) for years. This is real. That, you know, when you go into a car dealer and they go, well, what's your monthly payment? At a car loan rate of 14%, your monthly payment's all interest. Folks, read the piece. It's short, but it does hit the point home that if we don't, here's the bottom line, if we don't get control of our debt situation too soon, foreign governments are going to dramatically start to decrease the money they're lending us, which is going to dramatically increase the interest rates you pay on everything, which is going to hammer your household budget. 
You know, I get it. I get it that people have other things they're worried about in their lives and they don't see us as a, you know, a, a crisis coming ashore right now. It is. It is staring us in the face. This is critical stuff. Please read it. Um, okay. Uh, let's see. All right. One. Oh, this is. Uh, yeah, that's what I want to talk about. This is important. So debunking liberal nonsense and, uh, you know, Matt Palumbo who does the debunk this section of my website has a lot of great pieces up at Bongino.com mm-hmm. debunking liberal stupidity. But there is a effort by the left, as always, to discredit President Donald Trump. Guys, ladies, this happens all the time. Donald Trump put out a tweet saying that the the crime in Germany has gone up as a result of their unfettered migration, uh, uh, the migration to Germany. And, of course, the media pounced. Now, I've run for office, and I've discussed this on the show before, but I'll bring it up here again. If you ever decide to run for office or become a conservative activist, I want to warn you right now, take this to heart. Liberal media goons, and that's what they are, will pick apart. They will do anything to try to make you look like an idiot. They will fact check the, 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 a, a prepositional phrase um, and your use of grammar to make sure they make you look like an idiot. I'm telling you, there is nothing you can say to liberal media goons that they won't fact check as false. Nothing, no matter how transparently true it is. Mm-hmm. I ran for office. There was nothing you could say. I remember there was this, the worst reporter I ever ran into was this female reporter. Um, what was her name? I don't even remember her name. She worked for the Naples Daily News. She was the, I've never seen someone so bad that knew nothing about nothing and would simply go to PolitiFact and actually put that in her stories. PolitiFact, which is a noted like left-leaning uh, goon site that rarely, if ever, actually fact-checks politicians. I forget what I said, but it was something about education, and my statistic was entirely accurate about the rate of um, increased education spending being correlated to um, static education scores. So, of course, she, she tries to fact-check me, and she uses some metric, not inflation-adjusted or whatever it was, and it was a joke. But, of course, in the newspaper article, her, the, you, if you just read it and didn't understand the numbers, Joe, which which most liberal readers don't, mm-hmm. oh, Dan Bongino was wrong in education. I was actually 100% correct. Liberals will do this all the time. They're doing this yeah. now with Trump. There's my setup because it's important you understand this. The Trump, the, the Trump says German, the crime rates are up. Their media's are wrong, wrong, fact check, wrong, wrong, wrong. Here we go. They're saying that crime rates aren't up. Folks, if you read this piece in the Daily Signal, which I'll put at the show notes today, it's pretty clear when Trump was talking about it in reference to the migration crisis, he was referring to the crime rates amongst people who have migrated to Germany from other countries. Trump was, in fact, right. Now, the general crime rate in Germany has gone down. But notice how the media uses that number and disregards, obviously, the context of Trump's tweet, because their goal is to always, Joe, make conservatives and Republicans out to be liars. Here are the numbers, folks. Again, showing you the media, about what type of goons these people are. From, 20, uh, from 2007, Joe, to 2014, the crime rate in Germany, the violent crime rate, went down 21.9%. You can read this stuff in the Daily Signal today. When the migration crisis and all of of these people started flooding into Germany happened in 2015, from 2015 to 2016, the violent crime rate jumped 10%. Trump was right. And 90% of those crimes were by people who had come there uh, from other countries. Trump was right again. I'm just warning you, having run for office and been through this repeatedly with the Baltimore Sun, the Washington Post, the Naples Daily News, that liberal reporters will pick apart every little detail. And what they do is they'll cherry pick a number. Oh, crime in Germany is down. Read the tweet. The context of the tweet is about the migration crisis. Trump was absolutely right. Violent crime is up since the migration crisis in Germany. But no media outlet will give him any credit for that at all. It's just absurd and ridiculous. Hey, one more uh, quick thing and we'll run. You know the Southern Poverty Law Center, they attack people. This is a disingenuous, horrible outlet that attacks people. They label uh, people, you know, hate mongers and and hate groups and stuff. This is a horrible, horrible outlet, the Southern Poverty Law Center. They were sued 
by Majid Nawaz. Hmm. He won. He won three point three million dollars for them calling him like a uh, calling him a, a part of a hate group or anti-Muslim a, a hater or something. Hmm. He won three point three million bucks. Be careful, Southern Poverty Law Center. More people are going to start suing you. So people are winning out there in this uh, using the process against uh, these leftist groups that are trying to attack us as well. So that came out yesterday. Uh, I'll put that story in the show notes today from Breitbart. It's interesting. Worth your read. Short, uh, but it gets to the point. All right, folks. Thanks again for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Uh, check us out at Bongino.com. Don't miss the show notes today. And please subscribe to my email list. I'll email them right to your inbox. Thanks a lot. See you all tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.